I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Momentum has been growing to repeal Certificate of Need laws, currently still in effect in 35 states. Coming up on this episode of GIST Healthcare Daily, we'll hear from Matthew Mitchell, Senior Research Fellow at the Mercatus Center at George Mason University, about the catalysts and effects of Certificate of Need reform. It's Monday, April 4th, and I'm Alex Olgan with GIST Healthcare Daily, where you get the headlines in health business and policy news in under 10 minutes. If you like the podcast, please leave us a rating or a review. It helps other listeners find the show. Over the last few years, there's been a flurry of state action to modify or repeal Certificate of Need or CON laws, which require regulatory approval to build healthcare facilities like hospitals or nursing homes or purchase certain healthcare equipment like MRI machines. These laws have been around since the 1960s. The theory was limiting the supply of hospital beds would control healthcare spending. Although the federal mandate for con regulations was dropped in the mid-1980s, the laws are still in place in 35 states. Over the last few years, Florida and Montana modified or repealed their laws, and other states like Alaska and South Carolina appear to be on the verge of doing so as well. To learn more about these recent moves to repeal these laws and what happens after states have taken this action, I spoke with Matthew Mitchell, Senior Research Fellow at the Mercatus Center at George Mason University in Virginia. He's been researching these laws for six years. Here's some of our conversation. It seems like state efforts to repeal certificate of need laws have picked up in recent years. Do you have a sense of why that's the case? Relative to where things were 10 or 15 years ago, there does seem to be quite uh, an interest in either repealing or pairing these programs back. Um, in the broad scope of things, uh, we're, you know, still most of the most of the country does have a certificate of need program. Most CONF uh, repeal or reform efforts do not. Uh, succeed. And then, of course, COVID, I think, has probably piqued a lot of people's interest. So when COVID hit, uh, about two dozen states uh, acted to relax their certificate of need laws. Um, There have been, to my knowledge, two studies of those so far, including one that I authored, um, that actually found the relaxations probably didn't make much of a difference. Um, The other study suggested that they they may have actually saved some lives. Um, The uh, my explanation for why they might, might not have made a big difference, and I don't know, this would be something to study a little bit further, is that in most cases, what these rules said was, we're going to re- relax con, you can acquire medical equipment without going through the process, but once the governor's um, executive order, the emergency order is rescinded, 
you got to surrender your stuff. So that made it difficult really to, for it to have a long, long-term effect. Uh, the other thing of course, is that um, it takes long-term planning. And if you don't have, if your hospital wing was denied last year, then you don't have any space to add beds, even if con is relaxed this year. So anyway, that's kind of my take on where things are going at this point. Can you give me a lay of the land? What other states do you expect to push forward on reform or repeal efforts in the near future? I would say, yeah, we're probably going to continue to see significant repeal efforts in a few states. Uh, So I I would guess a state like South Carolina, where con reform seems to be pretty close to happening, uh, that may happen. Alaska seems pretty close. Other states like West Virginia and Tennessee and North Carolina are kind of flirting with the idea. It's gotten farther in some of those states than ever before. Um, There are states like Maine, um, Virginia, uh, that they don't seem in any hurry to get rid of their certificate need laws. So we're probably going to see them persist. A lot of states you mention are in the South or Southeast and controlled by Republican legislatures. I'm wondering, are you noticing con repeal becoming a part of the Republican health care agenda? One thing to note is that, you know, if you look just at a map of, of con states, they are uh, predominantly in the South. Um, historically, those have been Democratic uh, state strongholds. We're now, you know, finally getting to the stage where the South has almost fully flipped and those are Republican strongholds. <clears throat> so I think that helps to explain. I mean, it's interesting. It looks like con laws exist in Republican states <laughs> if you just look at the snapshot now. Um, so where, where are they being repealed? Well, in Republican states, but that's because that's where they exist. Because there's such a patchwork of con laws across the country, it makes for some good comparisons about the effects of these laws on healthcare markets. Can you tell me what does the research show about what happened in states after they repealed con laws? Right now, four in 10 Americans live in states without certificate need laws. Uh, the other six in 10 live in states with certificate need laws. Um, even that masks it that there's a there's even further variation because some of those states that have con laws have very limited ones only applying to say nursing homes, um, and uh, some of the the ones that have repealed have only recently repealed. But this create this is a really nice environment from a scientific perspective in studying what's the effect of the policy. What has essentially happened is economists um, and public health uh, researchers have spent decades gathering data from these, uh, these experiences. You know, we find in, that uh, certain charges, certain prices are higher in con states relative to non-con states. Uh, and we find that per capita spending tends to be higher in con states relative to non-con states. So that's the spending aspect. In certificate of need states, there's about 30%. The typical patient has access to about 30% fewer hospitals, um, about 14% fewer ambulatory surgery centers. Uh, They have access to about 30% fewer rural hospitals and there are fewer dialysis clinics, um, hospice care facilities, fewer hospitals offering cancer treatment. Um, They tend to have to drive longer distances to obtain care. Uh, They're more likely to leave their states in search of care. When you say access, that's just another way of saying that more facilities were built, right? I mean, it's probably worth looking at one of the more recent states to reform con laws, Florida, which removed many restrictions for hospitals and other facilities in 2019. And since then, I've seen reports about a flurry of hospital uh, building activity. Of all the research, the access is the one that's the, the clearest cut is it's very clear this does limit access to and the availability of services. So I don't, I don't, I think we're on pretty solid ground to say 
yes, some of these new um, buildings in the in uh, Florida can be attributed to the repeal of Con. I don't I don't think that's particularly controversial. And remember, that is a goal of Con is to limit the supply of services. So you know, this is a, an aspect of it that okay, it's it's working as advertised at least in the sense of limiting the the availability of services. I've noticed some states have done partial repeals where they removed con laws for hospitals but kept them for nursing homes. Is there any reason for that? Why do you think that is? There doesn't appear to be any economic or evidence-based reason in terms of the care of patients. So nursing home patients, just like other patients, seem to be harmed by certificate need laws. So for example, uh, nursing homes get lower uh, scores based on professionals uh, in con states relative to non-con states. Nursing um, home patients are actually more likely to be physically restrained in certificate need states than in non-con states. They tend to <clears throat> have lower nursing um, RN staffing ratios in con states relative to non-con states. Uh, and the evidence on spending is, is basically the same as, as more broadly, it's either mixed or it seems to increase spending. Um, so I, I, it is not a, um, I don't think this is driven really by the data. It appears to be a political economy, uh, you know, consideration is that for whatever reason, nursing homes are more effective lobbyists than uh, other providers. Are you aware of any research of what happens to incumbents in the market, like big uh, health systems, after con laws are repealed? There are a couple studies that look at what happens financially to hospitals once con goes away. Um, and they do, uh, their profitability does fall for about two or three years, uh, and then it basically recovers. Um, so, you know, that, and that is pretty consistent with what economic theory would predict. Barriers to competition provide some short-term benefit to, to uh, providers, but it's not a super, you know, it's not a get-rich-quick quick scheme that keeps you uh, rich forever. You know, eventually the regulation is hard to comply with and and competitors find other ways to eat into your, uh, you know, your market share. So it, it really, it's not like it's, this is going to kill the profitability of existing hospitals forever. It's, they take a short hit, but not, not that long lived. Understandably, current providers in the market that may have come in when con laws were in place may argue against repeal. Have you seen any innovative ways that states have appeased some of those concerns while still working towards repeal? So, for example, a common concern is, hey, we just spent a lot of money on this expensive MRI and, and CT scanners or whatever. And we did so under the reliance and understanding that we were going to be in this type of regulatory regime. And now you're pulling the, the rug out from under us. What do we do? I think that's a, a, a very, I, I totally understand that, uh, why they would say that. And so, you know, one answer to that is to look at the depreciation uh, rate of medical equipment. So the typical CT scanner lasts something like seven or eight years. I actually don't think it actually depreciates. It probably just gets obsolete as technology advances. So you can say, okay, cons for hospital beds go away right now. Cons for neonatal intensive care units and drug and substance abuse facilities go away right now, but we'll phase out the con for CT scanners over a course of five or six years. I think that seems reasonable. Um, and then I think another way to address their concerns is people will say, you know, um, our hospital has these big reg expensive regulatory mandates. We have to treat somebody who walks through the door, whether they are well insured or not. And an ambulatory surgery center that pops up across the street, they may not have that mandate. So uh, how can you, you know, help us? I think this is reasonable. 
I don't think certificate of need is a very targeted or smart instrument to handle that. You know, looking at things like um, just having taxpayers pay for uncompensated care seems to be a much more direct and obvious way to address those concerns. And so I do think some states are looking at ways to maybe have some compromises on that. Since many states have already repealed their con laws, could you point to any lessons learned? Five, five certificate of need states do not involve competitors in the con process. Uh, you know, from, a, from uh, the perspective of an economist, this is a, a no-brainer. Uh, another lesson is that there's a lot of ways to do it. So, you know, if you are interested in, in increasing access to care, lowering costs and, and improving quality, I mean, I do think that the, the evidence is pretty clear that full con repeal is a, is a great path to do that. However, if there's not the political will to do that, you could, you know, start by eliminating cons for particularly vulnerable populations. Some of the most common cons are for um, drug and substance abuse facilities, psychiatric care facilities. Similarly, I would say uh, removing cons for procedures that are really unlikely to be overprescribed. You know, go back to the initial uh, uh, rationale. There are cons for burn care units, for neonatal intensive care units, for cancer uh, treatment units. Again, these are not things that, that uh, doctors are in the habit of prescribing unnecessarily. That was Matthew Mitchell, Senior Research Fellow at the Mercatus Center at George Mason University. Thanks for listening to GIST Healthcare Daily. I'm Alex Olkin. You can check out more insights on healthcare business and policy news on GISTHealthcare.com. GIST Healthcare Daily is an independent production of GIST Healthcare. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.